So, welcome back everybody, and um, today we're going to look into, um, we're going to episode 10 of the discussion of Nosolar and uh, Brent's reading through the book and our commentaries. Uh, today we're looking at chapters um, 41, 42, 43, 45, 46, I think, or something like that. Uh, yes, 41, 42, 43, 45, 46 significantly talking about World War II and how it was received, literally, um, in the Astral City, uh, and a lot of interesting stuff. So uh, you can take it from here, Brent. It's your show. Okay. Thank you, Scott. Yeah, we will go through the first three chapters, 41, 42, and 43, kind of as a group because it's all related to... Um, the same similar information as Scott just mentioned, the preparation on the astral side uh, and what they went through in the preparation for and the after effects and results of World War II. Um, it's quite a bit of a different perspective, and it's reflected in all three chapters from different points of view. We're going to start on Chapter 41, A Call to the Struggle, on page 182, and I'm going to skip through... Um, various sections because they're, they are all related and they all have pertinent information. So as far as the, the details and the specific individuals speaking, I, I'll, I'll mention who they are, but um, I'm going to hit mostly the highlights in these three chapters for the sake of time. And um, if they strike your interest, um, I would recommend going back and just reading the chapters um, thoroughly for yourselves, just to get any points that um, uh, I might have missed. Anyway, to begin with, in chapter 41, 182, in the first days of September 1939, the Astral City, like several other spirit colonies connected with American civilization, suffered the impact of the conflicting currents in the world of the Incarnate. The Second World War was about to begin, and would be just as disturbing in the spirit spheres as it was destructive on the physical plane. Amongst us, there was considerable talk about the war in perspective. Many of us could hardly disguise our horror at the imminent social upheaval. The governor issued valuable exhortations bearing on fraternity and sympathy, particularly emphasizing the need to exercise special care in our thoughts and in curbing our negative sentimental impulses. I saw that evolved spirits in these circumstances look on the aggressors not as enemies, but as trespassers, violating the universal order whose criminal activities must be restrained. Uh, how unhappy are the peoples who become intoxicated with the wine of evil? Celestia said to me that temporary victories they may win will be so many steps down to their ruin and the instruments of their final defeat. When a nation provokes war, that nation is introducing disorder into the house of the Father and will pay dearly for it. I observe that the higher zones of life rise in justifiable defense against the assaults of the forces of ignorance and darkness, gathered to spread anarchy and destruction. I was informed by my fellow workers that such an aggressive country naturally converts into a powerful nucleus centralizing the forces of evil. Disregarding the immense dangers they are incurring, these people, except for the noble and wise spirits in their midst, are intoxicated by their contact 
where the elements of perversion they themselves have summoned from the dark regions. Large working communities become instruments of crime. Infernal legions descend upon the great centers of collective progress, transforming them into places of cruelty and horror. But while the forces of darkness lay siege to the aggressors, minds, minds, the aggressors' minds, spirit groups from evolved spheres hasten to aid the victims. Uh, let's see. Um, yes, there was an interesting um, one afternoon, a few days after the first bombs had exploded on Polish territory. Andre was in the chambers of rectification with Tobias and Narcissa when an unforgettable clarion was heard for over 15 minutes. Deep emotion pervaded us all. It is a summon from a very high sphere to the services of assistance to the earth, Narcissa kindly explained. It is a signal that war could not be avoided. It will be waged with terrible consequences to mankind, Tobias exclaimed disquieted. Distance notwithstanding, all psychic life in America had its origin in Europe. We will have a difficult task preserving the new world. Oh, when the clarion call of alarm sounds in the name of the Lord, we must silence all noise down here so we may hear its appeal in the depths of our hearts. When the last notes of the mysterious instrument had died away, we went out to the great park to watch the sky. Deeply touched, I saw countless luminous points which looked like splendid little globes shining in the sky. The clarion, Tobias added, equally moved, is sounded by vigilant entities of a very high plane. After that, um, they returned to the chambers, and uh, there was a lot of there's a lot of discussion between Tobias, Narcissa, and Andre. Um, conversation amongst uh, the various uh, beings on what to expect, what's happening. There's a, there's a building of anxiety. Um, and they move to go to um, observe the uh, address that is going to be given by the governor in a very short amount of time. Um, they reach this, the Ministry of Communication. They waited in front of the vast building used for information services. Thousands of entities were anxiously jostling each other, waiting for word. They all wanted information and clarification and it was impossible to satisfy them. As you can understand, the spirits were all not only concerned about what was to come, they just heard the clarion from on high, and you know, they all have loved ones down on Earth uh, who were about to experience um, a horrible world war. Okay, so then Tobias exclaims, it's Minister Esperian, and... Um, he basically says, Brothers of Astral City, do not give yourselves up to agitation in thought and word. Affliction isn't constructive. Anxiety won't uplift us. We must know how to be worthy of the Lord's call. Let us obey the divine will by working silently at our posts. That clear and compelling voice which spoke with authority and love had a singular effect on the crowds. In a short space of an hour, the entire colony had returned to its habitual serenity. Going on to parts of chapter 42, this is the governor's address. Um, that um, Sunday, on the following Sunday, the sounding of the clarion, the governor had promised to participate in the regular prayer meeting at the Ministry of Regeneration. Um, the main reason for the visit, Narcissa explained, was the preparation of new schools of aid in the Ministry of Assistance and the training centers in the Ministry of Regeneration. 
Uh, even though the conflict is so far away, said Narcissa, we must organize certain specialized first aid services as well as appropriate training against fear. Against fear, Andre asked, surprised, yes. You may not know the high percentage of human lives extinguished simply by the destructive vibrations of terror, which are as contagious as any dangerous epidemic disease. We classify fear as one of mankind's worst enemies because it settles in the innermost recesses of the soul, undermining its deepest resources of strength. Noting my astonishment, Andre's astonishment, she continued, Rest assured, in emergencies such as this, the government values training against fear far above even the nursing courses. Serenity guarantees success. Let's see. Okay. Um, so actually, then uh, they're all preparing for the governor's address. Uh, he talks about uh, social life of the ministry begun to center around the great hall. Um, there was a great uh, just before the address. There was a great choir of the government house temple that began the ceremony with a wonderful hymn sung by two thousand voices. Um, let's see. Okay. And then it goes on. The regeneration staff files in. Musical instruments uh, announce the governor's arrival, and he makes his entrance. Um, and then he goes on to address the, uh, the crowd. He begins his lecture with a quote from the Bible, Matthew 24, verse 6, and uh, makes a speech, a, a general speech on the importance of working together, harmony, serenity, and fighting against fear. And after his speech, he turned to the workers of regeneration and said, uh, brothers whose labors are more closely connected with earthly activities, it is to you that I address my personal appeal, expecting much of your noble dedication. Uh, now the legions of darkness intensify the difficulties of the lower spheres. It is imperative that we kindle new lights to dissipate the dense shadows obscuring the earth. It is to you, workers of the ministry, that I have dedicated this meaning with my heartfelt trust. The Astral City needs 30,000 workers trained in defense service, 30,000 cooperators willing to forego all demands of rest and personal consideration while our battle is waged against the unleashed forces of ignorance and crime. There will be plenty of work for all in the vibratory border regions between ourselves and the lower plains, for we cannot await the enemy at our gates in collective organization. Prevention must be considered an essential measure for the preservation of internal peace. We in the Astral City are over one million people devoted to superior designs and to our own moral improvement. Would it be charitable, charitable to allow our colony to be invaded by millions of rebellious, rebellious spirits? So there must be no hesitation in the defense of the common good. We should all be ready for individual sacrifices but cannot give up our dwelling place to evildoers. Of course, our essential task is of co-fraternity and peace. That which we cannot preserve, we are not worthy to enjoy. Therefore, let us prepare, prepare legions of workers to go on missions of fraternal love. Uh, but, uh, see, um, a special legion of defense to safeguard our spiritual attainments within our vibratory frontiers. And uh, then he ended his speech, and at the end of the speech, 
There was a gentle breeze, and perhaps from distant spheres, shower, there was a showering of wonderful blue rose petals on all of them, which melted away as they touched their foreheads, filling their hearts with immense joy. Now, after that, we'll go on to um, chapter 43, an informal conversation. There was a festive atmosphere, and... Um, Andre was uh, was uh, roused by the governor's speech and wanted to uh, go into uh, training for the strenuous work of defense. Uh, and he talked to, he was talking to to Tobias about the possibility of doing such. And Andre says, and then uh, Tobias says to Andre, "You are just beginning a new job, Andre. Don't be in a hurry to ask for more responsibilities. Don't forget that our chambers of rectification are centers of active work both night and day, and that 30,000 workers will be detailed for permanent village vigilance. There will be great gaps in the rear guard, which have to be filled somehow. Uh, perceiving Andre's disappointment, uh, Tobias added, cheer up. You can always enroll yourself in a course against fear. Believe me, it will do you a lot of good. Meanwhile, Lysias... Uh, sought him out, Andre out, and with Tobias's permission, um, Andre followed him for a quiet walk. Have you met Minister Beneventus of Regeneration? He inquired, the one who has just arrived from the front lines of Poland. I'm afraid I haven't had the pleasure, Andre said. Let's go find him. I'll introduce him to you. So they went and they found uh, Ministry of uh, Beneventus, uh, who was amiably and cordially uh, talking to a group of people. They invited Andre and Lysias um, into his circle. And, of course, the topic under the discussion was the situation on Earth. So painful the scenes we witnessed, he said. None of us had imagined the tremendous difficulties in the work of spiritual aid on the battlefield of Poland. One cannot expect sparks of faith either from aggressors or from the majority of victims who give themselves up entirely to hideous impressions. Our incarnate brothers offer us no help whatsoever, but merely consume our strength. I must say that since the beginning of my work, I have never seen such terrible mass suffering. And keeping in mind, this is um, the very beginning of the war, and a lot of this is going on. There's, a, of course, battle going on on the astral plane as well as on the physical plane, too. Um, a question was asked, did the delegation remain there for very long? As long as we could, replied the minister. I'm afraid we're far from possessing the extraordinary capacity of resistance of those devoted spirit workers are on duty there. All the first aid services are working efficiently there in spite of the suffocating atmosphere saturated with destructive vibrations. The battlefield, invisible to our earthly brothers, is a real hell of indescribable proportions. The pestilent emanations of hatred, mingled with the poisonous fluids of guns, render any service of aid almost impossible. However, what distressed us the most was the pitiful conditions of the military aggressors. As they were cut off from their fleshly forms, most of them passed over under the influence of the forces of darkness and ran away from mis missionary spirits, calling them all ghosts of the cross. There was nothing to be done with such entities but leave them to the abyss of darkness, where they will in due course be compelled to change their mental attitude and open their minds to a new trend of thought. So it's only just that the assistance patrols limit their rescue to those 
with some probability of assimilating help from above. Thus, my dear friends, you see that on every account our observations were sad indeed. One member of the group remarked, Lack of religious preparation, my friends, declared Benevenitus. A cultivated intelligence is not enough. Man must, above all, enlighten his spirit in things eternal. All creeds are holy in their fundamentals, and their representatives only carry out a divine mission when they teach the truth of God. They'll never be able to quench the spiritual thirst of civilization if they drift into political or worldly channels. Without the divine breath, religious personalities may inspire respect and admiration, but never faith and trust. But what about spirit communication, someone asked. Isn't that new movement continuing to spread the eternal truths? Benevenitus smiled. The spiritist doctrine is our great hope, and in every respect, the comforter for incarnate man. But its progress is still very slow. It is a divine gift which most men haven't eyes to see as yet. An overwhelming percentage of new adepts approach the divine source, still under the influence of old religious vices. They want to reap its benefits, but are unwilling to give anything of themselves. They invoke the truth, but don't go in search of it. Our task is really astronomical, he resumed gravely. However, we must bear in mind that every man is divine seed. Let's undertake our mission with hope and optimism. We may rest assured that God will do the rest. So there we have three chapters. Um, Scott, do you have comments on uh, some of those topics? Yeah, sure. Thank you for uh, <laughs> big reading there. Um, yeah, it's very serious. Um, what we see, or what I see, is uh, those um, preparing to assist humanity during the war from the Astral City are very much akin to the fourth density positive confederation groups Ra mentioned as doing certain neutralizing work against Orion in fourth density as well. And that that work is uh, exhausting and those groups need to be rotated regularly, the fourth density positive confederation groups, who are basically neutralizing, it seems, counteracting Orion 4D negative influence on Earth uh, it's difficult work. The vibrations are very heavy and um, claustrophobic, oppressive. And uh, likewise, uh, those in Astral City uh, are being taught that uh, it's very difficult work um, to, to be either on the front lines or even in the Astral City receiving those who've recently died. Uh, and what's significant to me is um, an understanding that fear uh, itself is a massive uh, problem akin to a contagious disease on the mental plane. And so you have disease as physical manifestation in terms of, uh, you know, bacteria and virus and uh, microbes. So you have physical microbial infection you have non-physical mental distortion infection uh, for the individual and the collective, particularly fear. And uh, it's a good question. You know, I mean, I've asked myself this. Um, the um, 
you know, is there a problem or is my fear the problem? Uh, in many cases, uh, external um, problems, um, threat, may manifest simply because the person's stuck in fear. And being free of fear changes the metaphysical field around one, um, repelling particular threats that would arise or enter the field, field if the person was stuck in fear. And so... Uh, and that that's was written, you know, that, that fear is the greatest preventative. Ra said love is the greatest protection. Um, the greater the love, the less the fear. The greater the fear, the greater the vulnerability to genuine external threat and uh, continuing distortion. Fear can be understood basically as lower second chakra blockage that um, weakens every other uh, level of consciousness up the, up the line to the crown chakra. And so current blockages in all the other chakras, three, four, five, six, uh, are exacerbated by attachment to fear, significant fear in the lower second chakra. And so all weakness is exacerbated, all distortion, all trouble, uh, all lack of maturity is... Um, stimulated um, by, you know, when we're stuck in fear. Uh, there's also teaching... How many minutes do I have, uh, teacher, here, Brent? <laughs> oh, you're you're doing quite well. I went through those three chapters in 16 minutes, so right, we've so, got a lot of time. But so, and as much as you want, I was just saving time for the last chapter, actually. Okay, but, but I mean, let's say by basically another 10 minutes or something. Well, yeah, okay. you can do another 10 minutes. You got it. Okay. So I also, uh, something you didn't read uh, in the first page, 182, the beginning of uh, chapter 41, talking about um, the great brotherhoods of the East had been enduring antagonistic vibrations of Japan and experiencing great difficulties. The noble spirit circles, meaning astral plane communities of Asia, noble spirit circles of old Asia acting in silence, just as astral city, which is for the Americas, started preparing itself for the same kind of work. So you've got, um, you know, noble cities, noble spirit circles of old Asia that actually, yeah, were developed prior to uh, Western, you know, Western civilization at the physical level. Western physical civilization preceded Western spirit colonies. Eastern civilization in the physical preceded the Eastern uh, noble spirit circles old Asia, which were up there earlier, um, and definitely uh, associated with the adepts of particularly China, uh, Japan, uh, well, particularly China, India, India, China, uh, Tibet, a bit of Japan. And, and then there's the discussion of how a nation that um, does harm invites its ruination. And so I've often always said Japan has a lot of bad karma. And um, I've been to Japan a lot, and uh, there is a spirit of, you know, part of the spirit of samurai is also uh, honorable suicide, the honor of right suicide, which I'm sure is considered a huge distortion um, from a higher perspective. And look what happened to Japan, two atomic blasts as well as uh, Fukushima, and uh, maybe more is to come. And so uh, beyond that, there's the teaching 
that um, uh, we need to look on aggressors, not as enemies, but as trespassers uh, or criminals who must be restrained. And the value of keeping them out of Astral City, uh, the 30,000 called to defense of the city, the defense is basically because this level of the Astral is metaphysically not that far from lower zones, meaning the consciousness of the people in this level of the astral plane, the astral city, is itself not that far from the the vibrations rampant in lower zones. The people there, they're they're not that different. They just many people in the astral city just were there, and being there is being in the lower zones is because their mind is in the lower zone so they reincarnated or you know took placement there after death those who did and then they're out of that and go to the astral city and so there's the uh, teaching on justifiable defense um and how it, it's right and good that they don't let themselves be overrun and that's the same thing with people i think rightly uh, excluding certain other bad people, so-called negative influence from one's personal life. Uh, it's right, you know, I, I can accept you and uh, love you as you are and say uh, you're out of my life for the rest of this incarnation. Not a problem. And people need to be, you know, <laughs> you, know you need to, um, you know, know how to love and know how to um, use force, both. Uh, to deal with distortion um, and to deal with negative influence. So again, there's this interplay between <clears throat> um, preservation of what they're doing on the astral city uh, with care for those who are in the war zone uh, and the teaching of collective karma uh, at the end of 182, how an aggressive country naturally converts into a powerful nucleus centralizing forces of evil and uh, nations that are go on the war path um, become great magnetic centers where lower vibrations or astro lower astral entities and thought forms uh, congregate and accumulate uh, and so people intoxicated by contact with elements of perversion they themselves have summoned from dark regions. And so you can see that there is a war in heaven. Uh, there is war on earth. The war on earth is a manifestation of the war in heaven. The war in heaven is um, supported by continuing war on earth. There's interplay, uh, obviously, clearly, uh, for individual, you know, between the individual and collective process at the physical and at the astral. And... Uh, yeah, Orion does indeed have a plan to pervert humanity sufficiently so that it's at war with itself and at war mentally and physically and given over to perversion, which really just, you know, what the heck is perversion? It's a perverte, uh, turning off, turning away from um, basically the straight line of root to crown um, energy flow, which is... Uh, too much of something or other, some kind of significant imbalance in mind uh, and blockage of love and wisdom. Uh, an individual, when, when the individual and the collective are 
successfully tempted into perversion or greater distortion, it empowers the negative forces who may storm higher levels of the astral plane from the lower zones. Uh, and so uh, forces of darkness lay siege to the aggressor's minds. So the aggressor is a victim and a criminal. Every criminal is a victim. Uh, meanwhile, there's a difference you know, between the, the person who's a victim of, of their past karmic aggression that has ended and the person who's a victim by way of their continuing aggressive action and yet you can say that all victims in all cases in any way any time we indeed are a victim in any way whatever that means and then again even that word needs to be unpacked victim gives some sense of irresponsibility which is mistaken is is by karmic law always responsible for the pain they're experiencing but that doesn't mean that they were a monster uh, but we're responsible for our conditions of mind-body. And so it goes very deep. Uh, infernal legions descend upon great centers of collective progress, transforming them into places of cruelty and horror. Uh, you know, America has done a lot of murder in the last 50 years, 70 years. Uh, I think my sense, which is a whole, all of these are major considerations, but we can only go briefly, my sense is that America is, uh, exists in an integrated, unified way as much as it does today because there are a lot of good people there too, uh, counteracting the um, destructive influence and consequence effect of, you know, basically genocide in multiple nations, uh, starting with what? The Korean War? And so uh, nations... Um, uh, will suffer the aggression that they've um, that they've dished out to others, and that's you know karmic return. Uh, going on, um, uh, there is uh, an understanding from the governor that um, many people die by fear. <laughs> a high percentage of human lives extinguished simply by destructive vibrations of terror and so uh, the war on terror creates terror clearly or those nations claiming to be against it in many cases are uh, fomenting it and, and, and have grown it fear is one of mankind's worst enemies um, it's really the case in war um, that people are uh, significantly physically weakened unto early death simply by their fear uh, and then noxious fumes from guns right burning gunpowder I mean <laughs> uh, negative entities who may have inspired some of these weapons from higher planes are also familiar with the metaphysical consequences or effects of, of certain weapons and so that's not accidental either and um, at this level of the astral, the beings also are still susceptible to great fear. And that's why there are courses on working with their fear. And then you, you know, then there's the point of the clarion call, which comes from even higher levels. Uh, it's an interesting thing that Ra had talked about the importance of, of uh, war as catalyst in third density. Uh, there's the importance or the value 
a metaphysical effect of war in third density on a integration of spirit planes as well, meaning uh, highest higher levels of th- of the astral plane and and higher dimensions presumably get involved in ways they had not been uh, previously prior to human three physical war, and so you've got representatives of all the different ministries, <clears throat> including the highest elevation and divine union coming into play in ways they weren't or affecting the the collective in ways they weren't before and so that's just the you know the way the universe works is uh, I've said you know even the devil works for God because it's all the one and um, the laws of physics metaphysics are structured in fulfillment of the plan of the one entity seek and become one right that's the original desire said Ra and so um, it's just interesting how um, such extreme negativity has an effect of uh, interrelation, interre- interrelating higher dimensional beings or astral and higher dimensional benevolent beings as well in ways that hadn't happened prior to that negativity. So uh, then finally there is um, their hope that the spiritist movement would gain ground and um, help humanity become spiritually aware and uh, stop warring on itself in the long run. Uh, But the fact that, um, sorry, no, um, the progress has been very slow and... um, you can see the the distinction between uh, Benevenutus, Benevenu, Benevenutus, who just came back from Poland, and the people uh, in the astral city who don't really know what's going on, who have this great hope and the feeling, hey, well, we're communicating by transmission, you know, to Chico Xavier and others, the Spiritist Doctrine, which is really, <laughs> to the extent that, that human Spiritist Doctrine is true it's not a doctrine it's just metaphysical reality <laughs> it's just the teachings of reality that that have been shrouded by distortions of human religion uh, being further taught but uh, they had some kind of naive hope oh well uh, these great truths will be integrated and humanity will become more peaceful and loving right and <laughs> Benevenutes basically says yeah but it's going to take a long time and that's again links into the wanderers, us wanderers being here, uh, to really get a first-hand experience of negativity and how deep it runs, and distortion. Ross said, you know, uh, the depths of distortions infecting your peoples. Uh, Higher-dimensional beings are 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 a bit naive, commonly, unless they spent time down here on the ground in the dirt, in the mud of the human physical body in in the flesh body form uh, seeing for ourselves just how um, distorted the human mind individual collective is and why it is that that spiritual truth um, is not so well received and uh, they want to the, the, what was spoken here they want to reap its benefits but unwilling to give anything of themselves so people uh, spiritual glamour, people using spiritual 
the information uh, for selfish material gain. They invoke the truth, they don't go in search of it. Spiritual apathy, mental, intellectual laziness or disinterest. You know, you tell me, I, you feed me and I'll get enlightened, right? I'll pay for my awakening, right? The more I pay for the session, the better you're, you're, I'm going to be transformed, right? Uh, and so, uh, <laughs> humanity cannot elevate itself by mere spiritual teaching. Uh, humanity needs to find the roots of its resistance to self-improvement. And spiritual teaching can help them with that, but mere, um, you know, honest accounting of metaphysical reality will filter into, will be fit into the pre-existing uh, <clears throat> structures of distortion, unless people really find um, how their value, how values need to be um, transformed. And it's really about values, because values undergird desire and desire undergirds speech and action and you will you desire what you value and if you only value the material then your desires are wholly material and if you only value the self rather than the collective as well then desires remain self-centered so anyway that's a fast run through <laughs> um, Brent you want to carry on sure we should probably Keep moving here. Um, let's see. Let me restart this thing. And keeping track of my time here. Okay, we'll we'll move on. I'm going to combine the last two chapters too. Uh, chapter 45 and 46. 45 is uh, a nice little break um, after that very heavy information regarding the war. They decided that they needed a break, and um, Lysias takes Andre to what they call the music field. So we're going to cover that chapter. And then the last chapter, um, uh, called A Woman's Sacrifice, is um, an interesting revelation by Andre's mother, and they have a private conversation. Um, so anyway, we're on uh, page 200, chapter 45, The Music Fields. Towards evening, Lysias invited me to accompany him to the music fields. You must relax, little Andre, he said kindly, seeing my reluctance. He added, I'll speak to Tobias. Narcissa herself has taken the day off to rest. Come on. Um, once they found Tobias and Lysias explained what was going on, um, Tobias said, good idea. Andre must get acquainted with the music fields. Go ahead, enjoy yourself. Come back late in the evening, whenever you like. All our different branches of service are well attended. Um, so they went home and uh, they went in. He met with uh, Laura briefly and... Um, and she encouraged them to have a good good time. She was very excited for Andre to be introduced. So Elysius and Andre took the Airbus, and they disembarked at the Ministry of Elevation. Um, and let's see, uh, Elysius explained to Andre, you're going to meet my fiance. I've told her a lot about you. It's funny, I observed, or Andre observed intrigued, that one would find engagements here as well. Why not? Lysias said, um, does love dwell in the mortal body or the eternal soul? On earth, my friend, love is like a gold nugget hidden among the rough stones. It is so often mixed in with people's needs, desires, and lower tendencies that people rarely distinguish it from an ordinary pebble. The betrothal is far more beautiful here in the spirit sphere because our senses aren't obscured by the veil of illusion. 
Licinia and I have failed many times in past earthly experiences. I must confess that most of the falls were due to my thoughtlessness and lack of control. The males on earth still do not fully comprehend the liberty that social laws grant us. Seldom do we use it to help our spiritualization. Instead, we often abuse that freedom in a slippery descent towards animality. Women, on the other hand, have had now the advantage of being submitted to much sterner discipline. In transitory earthly life, they are oppressed by our tyranny and made to bear our impositions. Here, however, we go through a readjustment of values and learn that we are never really free until we learn to obey. It seems paradoxical, but it's the perfect truth. And, um, and then Andre asked Lysias, says, do you have any plans for a future earthly experience? Why, of course. I must increase my, my spiritual accomplishments and pay off my debts to earth, which are still considerable. I believe Licinia and I will return to the physical plane in about 30 years' time. Uh, then um, Andre says, we then arrived at the music fields. Lights of exquisite beauty um, lit the park, bathed the park. It was like a scene from a fairy tale. Luminous fountains spouted out their waters, forming wonderful designs. Licinia always comes here with her two sisters. I hope that you will make them a pleasant escort, Lysias exclaimed. Um, but then Andre says, but Lysias, uh, doubtful, um, uh, considering my, I must consider my old marital status. You know, I'm still bound to Zelia. My friend burst out laughing. Elysius said, well, I never, no one is trying to encroach on your sense of fidelity, yet I don't think marriage should make you oblivious of social life. Have you forgotten how to act as a brother, Andre? <laughs> Rather embarrassed, Andre laughed, and they were now at the entrance. On entering the park, a great number of people stood around a, a graceful stand where a small orchestra was playing uh, some light music. Flower-bordered paths extended before them in several directions, leading to the park's interior. At the outer edge of the ferials, Lysias explained, several styles of music are played to please the personal taste of each group of those who cannot yet understand the sublime art. In the center, though, there is universal and divine music, the higher and sanctified art. After walking along pleasant lanes, um, Andre says he began to hear an exquisite melody. On earth, there are small groups that favor fine music, while the multitudes prefer their own regional music. Here, however, it was the opposite. The center of the park was crowded. Let's see. Um, goes on. He talks about how beautiful it is and the blending of simplicity and beauty. Um, let's see, they discussed, uh, then they, um, he overheard different uh, snippets of conversation. They discussed love, intellectual culture, scientific research, and constructive philosophy in an atmosphere of understanding and goodwill without any clashes of opinions. He also observed that those of greater enlightenment lowered the vibration of their intellectual power, while the less endowed tried to raise there. So they attempted to meet in the middle. Okay, let's see. Um, um, oh, okay, Andre was charmed by the optimistic community, which seemed to be the fulfillment of hopes of many a noble earthly thinker. Lysias explained, our harmony instructors 
absorb rays of inspiration in the higher spheres, just as earthly composers are sometimes brought to spiritual planes such as ours, where they receive melodic expressions. They, in turn, transmit those impressions to human ears after adapting and adorning the themes with their own genius. The universe, Andre, is fraught with beauty and sublimity. Um, the eternal and shining rays of life have their origins in God. Okay, very nice. It seems like a very nice place. I'll look forward to seeing that when it's my time to be over there <laughs> on that side. Now to chapter 42, page 205, A Woman's Sacrifice. A year had passed in constructive work, which had been a great solace to my heart, Andre says. As I gradually learned how to make myself useful and find pleasure in serving, I became more confident and happy. Although I yearned to return to my earthly home, I had not yet been given the opportunity. Although I worked in regeneration, Laura and Tobias consistently reminded me that Minister Clarence was still the person responsible for my stay in the colony. I often met the generous, generous minister, but he never mentioned the subject of returning back to his earthly home. Once during the Christmas festivities in the Ministry of Elevation, he touched lightly on the subject, telling me that the day was not very far when he would accompany me to my old home. Still, it was now September 1940, and I still had not seen my dream realized. Our work went on uninterrupted, and I worked tirelessly. I had become familiar with nursing in the different wards and had learned how to read patients' thoughts. I kept in touch with poor Elisa and tried my best to assist her indirectly through her struggle for spiritual recovery. But as I gradually reached emotional balance, the desire to visit my loved ones became more and more intense. My homesickness hurt me deeply. The only solace I had were my mother's occasional visits. Although she lived in a higher sphere, she never abandoned me to my fate. The last time we had met, she said she had some new plans in mind, which she would soon tell me. At last, in early September 1940, she came to the chambers. After her usual loving greeting, she informed me that she intended to return to the physical plane. I was surprised and upset by the idea and protested. I really disagree. Why should you return to the flesh? Why begin the weary wandering again without the immediate need to? My mother replied, Have you forgotten your father's afflicting condition, my son? For many years I have worked to lift him up, but all my efforts have been in vain. Laertes has become a skeptic with a poisoned heart. Should he persist in such an attitude, he might be drawn into deeper abysses. What should we do then? Do you have the heart to see your father in such a condition, and yet refrain from doing everything in our power to help him? Of course not, Andre said. I would work hard to help him, but, Mother, you'd find the means of assisting him here. No doubt I could, she said. However, spirits who really love aren't satisfied with lending a helping hand from a distance. What good are all the riches in the world if we cannot share them with loved ones? Would you be content to live in a palace from which your children were excluded? No, I can't maintain my distance. Now that I can count on you on this side, I'll join Louisa, um, Andre's older sister, to help your father find his way to redemption. But mother, are you sure there is no other way to do it? No, it wouldn't be possible. I have thoroughly examined the subject, and all my superiors have agreed with my decision. 
I can't raise the inferior to the superior, but I can do the opposite, meaning, of course, that she can lower her vibration to go and help on the lower level. I have in you support for the future. Don't lose your way, my son. And when you are able to go through the spheres that separate us from the earth, give your mother all the assistance in your power. Meanwhile, don't forget your sisters who may still be in the dark zones undergoing active purification. That's an interesting way to put it. In a very short time, I'll be back in the physical world while I'll meet Laertes to carry out the task the father will assign us. But Andre asked, how are you going to meet him in spirit? No, replied my mother. With the help of some friends, I started pre preparing his immediate reincarnation. The last week and, and last week, I settled him on earth. He was never aware of any direct help from us because we availed ourselves of a time when he was trying to escape the women who still subjugated him. This mental attitude was very helpful, and we succeeded in binding him to his new physical body. Is that possible? What about our individual liberty, Andre asked. Mother smiled rather sadly and explained, There are some reincarnations that are carried out rather drastically, and if the patient lacks the courage to accept the sacred but bitter medicine, his friends help him to swallow it down. The soul can't claim unlimited freedom unless it fully understands its duty and performs it. Besides, we must bear in mind that the debtor is a slave to his debts. God created free will. Man created fatality. We have to break the chains we ourselves have forged. Mother continued her observations. The poor girl who persecuted him won't give up, or girls uh, who persecuted him won't give up their intent. Were it not for our spirit guards, he might have been deprived of this opportunity for reincarnation. Good Lord, Andre exclaimed, can it be possible? Are we at the mercy of evil forces to that extent? Are we mere puppets in our enemies' hands? These questions should come from our heart and lips before contracting any moral debt and transforming our brothers into adversaries. Never take any loan from iniquity. What of these women, Andre asked? What will become of them? They will become my daughters, Andre answered. My mother answered with a smile. You mustn't forget that I am returning to the world to help your father. No one is able to assist efficiently by intensifying the enemy's forces. Just as on earth you can't extinguish a fire with gasoline. Love is indispensable, Andre. Those who disregard this truth go astray and become wanderers in the desert. Those who err leave the highway and gradually sink into the mire. Your father is now a skeptic, and those unhappy women waiting in the mud of ignorance and delusion carry heavy burdens. In the near future, I'll gather them in my motherly arms, thus accomplishing my new mission. And later on, who knows, I may come back to Astral City, bringing along other sacred affections for a great festival of joy, love, and union. Full of odd respect for her sublime abnegation, I knelt down and kissed her hands. From that moment, my mother was no longer simply my mother to me, but much more. She was also a messenger of divine goodness who could transform her most cruel enemies into children of her heart in order to give them the opportunity to retrace their steps and start anew as true children of God. Pretty heavy stuff there, eh, Scott? Mm, yeah, very heavy. 
Yeah, you see, it, the very fine line is given here, and I'll go back from the end, back to the front, to the start. <clears throat> uh, considering his mother, quote, messenger of divine goodness, who could transform her, cruel, her most cruel enemies into children of her heart to give them an opportunity to retrace their steps and start anew. She doesn't transform them into loving beings. She simply loves them and then sacrifices herself or her well-being or her enjoyment on higher spheres of the astral to be their mother in the flesh. And that's, you know, the, the genesis of, of the typical kind of family where some children hate their parent. And the parent uh, may be very undistorted, but there are cases, yeah, where where children come in um, disliking their parents who are fine people. So she's transformed their the sense of them from enemy into loved one and that provides them with an opportunity to return to love and love is indispensable uh, she said and uh, she can't <clears throat> uh, make them loving but she can hold them in love and she wrote or she said I'll gather them in my motherly arms accomplishing my new mission that's the mission. Uh, her mission cannot be their transformation, but she's already um, de-vilified de or de-moved um, you know, away from disliking them, but actually holding them in her, her mind as loved ones to, as the basis of reincarnating as their mother. Uh, that's the mission. Um, that they then have the sole responsibility uh, and opportunity of using for their own self-transformation. But she can't transform them into good people. Uh, what's interesting is that, you know, I've said there are certain, there, there are more souls on earth than we'd think that came straight from the lower plane, the lower zone, from the hell realm. And certain, I think Bailey material may have talked about that, but there are certain, <clears throat> it's a phenomenon of late in the last um, hundred years or so, because it's the end of the 3D opportunity, the end of the cycle, uh, more common than that, it seems, more souls are able to be pulled out of the lower zones without life review, healing, and preparation, uh, and take birth as little babies. Uh, and are really not spiritually prepared for the reincarnation. And uh, here you've got the situation where she comes in as she's going to be the mother of the oppressing women to her ex-husband or her husband, um, who is currently or um, you know currently oppressed by them and prevented from reincarnation by them. Yet that can be overruled but it's overruled significantly because he deserves the love and help of these spirit guards who've released him from the women's astral courting in the lower zones. Uh, and so there's all sorts of stuff going on. It's not that uh, we are so vulnerable to negative forces, but if we <clears throat> make strong emotional attachment to negative forces, they have greater power over us. And... Um, that's being encouraged also uh, by the sort of cultural deformation that's currently going on 
uh, on the planet today, meaning a lot of people uh, thinking that, that selfish uh, ignorance or perversion or selfish greed and aggression is good, forming association with that which binds them further, and <clears throat> uh, yet there are beings that can overrule um, that, yet that grace from higher beings is earned or karmically deserved by some but not by all. Uh, I watched the uh, Wizard of Oz movie the other day, or coming back from New York on the plane, my own version um, that I downloaded, very high res uh, resolution uh, color from, you know, whatever, it was 1939 or something. And at the end, uh, the wizard tells, um, I think it was the Tin Man who didn't have a heart. Uh, our heart is measured not by how many we love, but how many love us. And I thought that was really profound. You can love a lot of people, but the measure how much of how much we've loved is how many love us or many value and appreciate us and <clears throat> that's very heavy <laughs> and so the more we are truly good to others the more others will truly appreciate us and that gives a karmic merit or a power that allows higher benevolent beings to come to our assistance as well and so <clears throat> um, that's very heavy and from the first chapter or um, 45 about the music uh, the music fields uh, the, the point is really made um, there's no freedom without obeying or for forming one's duty but it's really um, the linkage between uh, spiritual self-revaluation revaluing by ourselves um, what we feel, you know, re, re, um, uh, reforming our values, the spiritual, uh, uh, the, the transformation of values um, is associated with what's called obeying. What do you obey? What you obey is um, the reality of, um, uh, of the universe in which we're living, in which the original desires that entities seek and become one, meaning there's a purpose to existence. The teleological basis of cosmology, cosmological teleology, meaning the purpose or objective for which there is a creation, is the evolution of beings and beingness and the evolution of, of light itself and consciousness. Knowing that, <clears throat> one gets with the plan, gets with the program, and um, realizes that, you know, I'm either going to help myself on my path or delay and make more suffering for myself uh, on this path that that um, you know who's who's following is the purpose of life the purpose of creation in fact and so it's obeying the sense of spiritual duty or the sense of personal duty and obligation to soul evolution o obeying the parameters of creation in which there is causality and multidimensionality and a purpose for which we're here and a work of uh, each dimension for evolution and knowing that metaphysical reality uh, and karmic law and essential purpose of creation and then personal life purpose 
we want to, we would naturally want to help ourselves. And that includes, certainly on the positive path, helping other. Uh, and and brings joy <laughs> and freedom. And that freedom is mind expansion and transformation, development of all we are, that leads to greater happiness in that freedom. The truth shall set you free. <clears throat> um, knowing uh, metaphysical truth, uh, the physical and the metaphysical being inseparable, as Ross said, knowing that... Um, those truths we naturally will come to greater uh, uh, higher valuation of living in accord with um, that which brings greater happiness to our long term welfare and benefit as Gautama said uh, getting with the program of continuing you know development on the positive path and at this level of the astral plane, beings are really midway between lower zone uh, attachment to distortion and higher spheres um, love of increasing spiritualization. They're in between those. And uh, the, the engine of their evolution out of that midway position is work, uh, spiritual work, karma yoga. And the karma yoga of learning and service. So uh, much, much can be said. And in fact, this is one of the topics that we can talk about in the addendum classes coming up, which is the linkage between uh, freedom and duty and how people are being taught in the current cultural deformation of humanity um, that do your own thing, do whatever the hell you want is the highest value. And it ain't because there's a lot of stuff we may do that we want to do my own thing that's going to lead me to bitter suffering in the future. So it wouldn't be a good idea for me to do that now, would it? So, um, very deep teaching here. Uh, Brent, some final comments on the chapters today? Yeah, basically, um, I agree with the, yeah everything that you're saying there. I thought it was very... Um, um, the whole conversation with Andre's mother was um, quite, it touched me quite deep, deeply, and um, her sacrifice was um, quite amazing. But then I realized, too, that this is something that if, I mean, if you look at it from their perspective, the nice thing about this storyline and, and from her experience, you look at it from this perspective, you can maybe see examples um, in, you know, in their own life or uh, friends' lives or families or whatever, where uh, certain sacrifices have been made or where uh, individuals go through certain things and you go, why is that, you know, why do this, why is that, that they're such a nice couple? Why do they have such a uh, tough child to deal with? Why do they have to suffer with these things? Or maybe the child is really good, the parents are really bad. Or, you know, I mean, there's a whole, or maybe the, you know, the woman uh, is really a kind woman and she suffers with an abusive husband or vice versa an abusive wife and maybe it's these karmic th things that are that are um these uh, karmic uh lessons these karmic lessons that are coming around these um you know individuals helping other people from a higher perspective on the other side they get together and these types of things happen quite frequently where well I really love this person. I really need to help them. I need to get them out of the lower zone. I need to see if that I can save the, help them 
come out of the muck and mire by loving them and uh, experiencing a reincarnation with them, um, either as family or as best friend or whatever, um, to help them through. And so, obviously, I, I think it's an ex this is an example of uh, something that, that happens quite regularly, and they use this as an example, as, as a lesson to all of us, you know? Yeah. Um, and, uh, like I said, it touched me quite deeply. And... Um, that's pretty much it. Um, um, yeah, for these for, for, for this particular class, right. And then actually I just realized that the next class is the last one. We'll be through the whole book. We'll do chapters 47 through 50, and that's the end of the book. Yeah, so next week, we'll, Brent, you'll finish the book, chapters 47 through 50, and um, then class 12, we'll give personal impressions and sort of the beginning of the wrap-up addendum per topic. And there's much, much to talk about. It's really quite fascinating. And what you were saying there, what struck you in terms of uh, Dr. You know, Andre's mother and her devotion, uh, and the setup of uh, apparently incompatible souls under one roof, a roof in a family, um, mm -hmm. virtuous parents and um, very, very distorted children, and vice versa. Uh, I would say always it's a karmic setup, or uh, there is a clear conscious motivation uh, on the part of the more developed soul, whether they're children or parents, to be of assistance to the less developed, more stuck, more distorted other party in the family as the basis of the program catalyst. That's why the catalyst is being programmed. The basis of the programming uh, is so that the one who's more evolved can help the one that's less evolved. And there is more and less, and there is superior-inferior development of quality. Not essential worth, but development of quality. There is superior and inferior. Uh, and that's clear, and that's another point that a lot of people don't like, or more intellectuals. And then, <clears throat> the, I know we have to wrap up, but the final thing I didn't mention is that uh, skepticism leaves one vulnerable to the poison of immorality. The poison of immorality just means um, harmful activity. <laughs> That's what's immorality. Harmful thought and speech and deed um, leads one to repeated uh, placement in lower zones and longer stay recycling in third density. Uh, and that, um, you know, immorality, which is a very heavy word, but I think it's okay, harmful, uh, f you know, freely, freely persisted harm, uh, indulgence in harm, as if that's some kind of indulgence, um, grows well in the, in the soil of skepticism. Uh, skepticism, atheism, materialist, not, you know, uh, anti-Christic, anti-spiritualist worldview uh, as a very uh, acceptable, a very, very fine, suitable soil for um, the growth of the very harmful uh, consequences of um, non-benevolent attitude to life. Uh, because, and, and that's the link between materialist worldview and, and uh, karmic infringement, transgression, immorality, harm, 
which is a sense, you know, that again, if, if, if all I have is one life to live, you only live once, then why not do whatever the hell I want? Because there is no consequence. I'm going to be extinguished, all right? And um, I don't have no, I don't have to be, I'm never going to be called to account. Uh, and um, uh, that's why most atheist skeptics turn out to make trouble for themselves and others. It doesn't have to be, but it, it does. Sure, any, any, and that's that it perpetuated by the service themselves all over. The yeah. you know the Orion group uh, loves that you right. know because right. then it's just more uh, more legions for their you know for their side because they convince them that that's exactly what they can do. Yeah, yeah. I yes. agree completely. Yes, so it's sensuality for the non-intellectual, atheistic skepticism for the intellectual and black occult training for the committed service to self. That's the Orion program for three levels of humanity. Uh, it boiled down a little bit much. So, mm -hmm. so yes, uh, higher manipulates lower to keep lower lower and to keep souls trapped. And this is a real special place here. It's a really, you know, this... This 3D civilization, this cycle, this population on this planet at this time, uh, or you know, for the entirety of the 3D cycle, it's a very special case, and um, uh, we're here for our training. <laughs> hey, hey. So, anything else, Brent? No, no, that's good. Thank you, thank you very much, Scott. And thanks okay. everybody else that listened and participated for sure. Appreciate your yeah everyone being here. Yeah, and thank you too. So thank you everybody for listening. Um, we'll continue with the conclusion, concluding reading of chapters next week. Take good care of yourselves. See you next time and good night.